you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today in the next of our Business Matters series, we are talking to Mayor Tracy Brabin. She is the very first mayor of West Yorkshire and also the first woman to become a Metro Mayor for England. So we are delighted to have Tracy with us today. And of course, as part of her role, she is the West Yorkshire member on the TFN boards. Hello to you, Mayor Brabin. Hi, Gemma. Thanks for the invitation. Oh no, thank you so much for joining us. We're really glad that you're able to uh, give us some time. I know you have been incredibly busy uh, since your time in office. I'm always seeing you uh, out and about and on the ground and talking to people. So we're glad that you've uh, you've been able to sit down and join us today. Start us off, if you could, Tracy, um, give us a little intro to yourself, um, your career to date, which, as we all know, hasn't always been in, in politics, how you ended up as West Yorkshire Mayor and, and, and what you love about it. Oh, thank you, Gemma. Well, uh, born and raised in West Yorkshire, uh, always wanted to be an actor, grew up on a council estate in Batley and had an amazing career, to be honest. Um, three decades, travelled the world, worked with some amazing people, became a writer when I had a family, um, wrote on Shameless and Hollyoaks and Tracy Beaker for those with children. Small children may know that show. Um, but I'd always been a member of the Labour Party and a campaigner. Um, and then when Joe Cox was murdered, um, coming up to the funeral in, in Batley, Burstall was my home village where Joe was um, killed and where my mum had a cafe. So the, the sense of shock and outrage was really palpable. Um, and coming up to the funeral, um, asking her friends, what could I do? It's my town, what, how can I help heal? And one of them said, do you want to be an MP? And it's really strange, Gemma, but there was a moment, I'd, I I mean, it wasn't even 30 seconds where I thought, oh yeah, of course, um, I must stand because actually uh, what our community needed was somebody with empathy as well, because this wasn't really a political position. It was somebody who understood the community who could help us heal. Um, so going into politics was quite a learning curve, I have to say. I'd never been in Parliament, I'd never been to a constituency Labour Party meeting, so a, a steep learning curve and of course um, lots to deal with around, uh, as I say, grief and, and uh, you know, trying to bring the community back together. And then there was a snap general election uh, six months in, uh, which helped in a way because I could stand on my own my own policies and my own um, manifesto. And then um, I continued being the MP for Batley and Spen. I was um, Shadow Early Years Minister, uh, Shadow Secretary of State for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, and the Shadow Culture Minister. And then we were talking devolution. Mm. And I, I'm excited by devolution, about bringing power closer to the people who, for whom their lives are impacted. And so when we were looking around for someone who would be a candidate, I was looking for a woman I could get behind and suddenly realised I always, you know, talk about women stepping up into senior positions and they should have courage and they should be brave. So I decided I must live by my principles and I threw my hat in the ring. And here we are, 60% of the vote. Um, I'm nine months in. It is the most extraordinary job. It's a privilege every day. I love it. It's the best job in politics. Well, I, that's an absolutely fantastic story. Thank you for uh, giving us that rundown, Tracy. And, and you're absolutely right. Sort of 
putting um you know putting your words where your mouth is kind of thing and and, and getting involved and I, I i think it's something you referenced the the, the murder of um joe cox there and that impetus to to do something to to get involved to you know stand up and 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 make yourselves heard it is so important and and hopefully we're seeing more and more people coming through doing that taking part in their communities getting involved in the action and, and trying to make a change now our podcast series at the moment we're talking all things business right across the north in particular west yorkshire um very uh an interesting business landscape, very beautiful uh, county, of course. Tell us a little bit about the types of industries historically that have been based in West Yorkshire and what the business landscape is looking like today. Well, m most people will probably know uh, a little bit about West Yorkshire and what our historic industry was, which was textiles. It was the mills. Um, it's a stunning countryside. We've got the rivers, we've got the canals, um, the Pennines, um, and the, the massive mills that are now being trans, um, sort of regenerated into uh, cultural mills and uh, uh, businesses and shops and so on. But it was definitely textiles. So we had um, immigration from uh, from Ireland, from the Irish Catholics coming over to, to work in the mills, and then the South Asian uh, textile workers who were very experienced in, in um, handling textiles. But of course, the Industrial Revolution, you know, it, things change. And we are at a point where we're, we're looking again at that manufacturing base and making it sustainable and green, um, but keeping that uh, sort of pull position um, uh, across the world. Now, we're a massive economy, an uh, output of over 55 billion, uh, nearly two and a half million people. Um, we're bigger than nine EU countries and a workforce of uh, uh, 1.1 million. What I'm really proud of is our nine universities and also we have a net gain of graduates. So we have more graduates move into West Yorkshire with their brilliant ideas and innovations than we lose, which is exciting. Um, uh, we're also a diverse uh, economy. So we are um, leading the way actually on health tech um, and fintech. Mm -hmm. uh, in Leeds particularly, it's been a, a brilliant five years with Channel 4 coming, the Infrastructure Bank, the Bank of England, the Department of Transport. We've seen um, that relocation of large uh, global and international companies coming um, to our region. But we have still our heritage is there. We have more manufacturing jobs uh, here than anywhere in the north. Textiles still um, holds true. Lots of creatives, um, more bespoke textiles, um, furniture, chemicals, um, aerospace, machinery. We're often the we don't have the big um, uh, Land Rovers or the Jaguars, but we have those supply chain companies, the powder coating, the sort of the backroom companies that are vital in the supply chain. Um, we're also home to four of the five NHS HQs, including NHS Digital. So we have a, a really big footprint um, uh, around health, health tech, social care, and so on. And of course, the creative industries are um, really, um, we're singing and dancing uh, mm -hmm. with the creative industries, with Production Park in Wakefield, um, the, the biggest live production um, rehearsal space in the world. Um, we've also got the Hepworth, so proud of the Hepworth, Yorkshire Sculpture Park and so on. So we are a mixed bag, but the opportunity 
um, is phenomenal because we have these skills. Of course, we need more money. Uh, there are challenges around research and development and productivity, but uh, we are in a really good place and we've waited quite a long time for a mayor. And I think a mayor now having that voice, that sort of fulcrum um, that is an identifier of our region. I know that we're only going to be um, busier uh, and more attractive to international businesses and inward investment. And th that is proving to be true, actually, because now we can host those meetings with one person supporting you know, teams to, to have a focus on what we want to achieve. And my 10 manifesto pledges chime beautifully, actually, with Michael Gove's 12 missions. I think he must have read my manifesto before he wrote his missions. Um, so there's loads of commonalities there that we all want the same for our communities. We all want that levelling up um, across the north. So um, it's a brilliant region to invest in, great opportunities for young people and those who want to retrain. Um, yeah, so really super proud. Um, Bradford, of course, you know, the fourth um, highest number of manufacturing jobs in any city in the UK. The diversity is, ex you know, exceptional. We are sort of a mini UK with our um, our, our diverse communities. So a really attractive centre of the centre of the country as well. So our um, connectivity is second to none. Fantastic. I mean, I think you've, you've sold West Yorkshire beautifully there, touching on so many different um, opportunities and, and areas of, uh, of activity. As you were reeling off some of those um, statistics about the size of your economy and population as well, I also um, a few years ago in the Olympics, I think if, if Yorkshire had been a country, Yorkshire would have won the Olympics. I think, you know, the the, the Brownleys and, and other athletes, you know, just absolutely uh, smashing every single competition. So definitely, um, you know, good sporting prowess over that way as well. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Gemma. You know, the Tour de Yorkshire, our athletes, we, you know, we've invested in the swimming pools, the running tracks, um, and supported uh, young people and the Paralympians as well that have done us so proud. And can I say Channel 4, um, actually putting the Paralympians on telly, I think has done so much for the, the pride and sense of, um, you know, op opportunity for people who historically may may have been sidelined when it came to sport, so they you know they're with us. They understand the power of um, of the legacy of the Olympics for our region. Yeah, absolutely. I I um, volunteered <laughs> the uh, the start of the uh, Tour de France came through. Uh, a few years ago and it was just such a fantastic atmosphere and it didn't matter whether you particularly liked cycling or not you know everybody got involved and it was just such a, a, an amazing thing to be part of my next question Tracy I think you probably already um covered the answer I was going to ask you about the benefits of of setting up shop in Yorkshire everything that you've already told us about the diverse organizations the cultural and creative industries and so on probably is is what makes it such a good place to to set up shop but what else would you say in terms of that you know come to come to west yorkshire and, and make it your home well it's interesting because um uh, sir roger marsh who's the chair of the lep and i went to the global um, investment summit and talking to global investors one of the most um uh, attractive propositions is that uh, Leeds has the highest concentration of scale-ups outside of London. So if you've got an idea, we'll support you with the innovation. We're, we've got grant funding, we've got programmes, but to help you scale up, 
you will be surrounded by people who are doing the same. Um, and also there is an opportunity um, for uh, livability as well, that now with Zoom and so on, you can almost live anywhere in the UK. We are a beautiful region with house prices, probably 50% of London, but you could work in London, San Francisco and Leeds at the same time, um, be based anywhere these days. So um, it's that quality of life that I think has been quite attractive to big businesses. The, the bars, the theatre, the, the playful public realm, um, the, uh, the opportunities to network on a smaller footprint than London um, and to make those connections. Um, obviously, office costs are 50% lower as well um, and you can get more, more bang for your buck. And that connectivity, as I was saying, when it comes to logistics, you know, our positioning being so central to the UK, the M62, the M1, um, you know, having that connectivity to London, um, close to Manchester, Sheffield, Liverpool, those markets, Hull, um, Newcastle, those markets are just on the doorstep. So we're in a, a really good position that was um, quite compelling to international investors. Um, and also we have the ambition, you know, where we might be a new morality, but the lead city region, ha, um, the combined authority has been around for a number of years. So we're experienced, we're a safe pair of hands, um, but we have that excitement now with the new mayor, that sort of um, new, ag new agenda, new sort of turbocharging uh, the need for change that I think is, um, you know, is, is going to be quite a magnet. Um, and also, you know, Bradford and Leeds together, that can, that that diverse offer where Bradford was previously voted the best city in the UK to start a business. We are the entrepreneurs, the innovators, the risk takers, and we have the skills base and we have the graduates as well. And of course, you know, lots of people with um, skills when it comes to construction and engineering and so on. So you have quite a diverse workforce as well to pick from. And, you know, we're just all around great, to be honest, Gemma. I'm not going to argue with that, Tracy. I did. Uh, I did live in Leeds for um, about five years, and yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely not going to argue with that one. I, you mentioned about quality of, of life there, and I was also thinking back to what you said before about graduates actually sort of coming into the area and and, and bringing their their skills. You know that that quality of life is so important. Again, feeding back into what we've already touched on with regards to you know leisure opportunities, creative industries, you know activities and you know all of these different sort of sports that you can get involved in that that have been supported through investment in swimming pools and so on but also West Yorkshire is such a, a a beautiful place and some fantastic landscapes and and fresh air as well you referenced the um Yorkshire Sculpture Park brilliant to go and walk around places like that all right on the doorstep as well as the cities where you've got so much opportunity like Bradford and Leeds there's no doubt about it if you like climbing or uh, rambling or canoeing or while swimming um, or running, um, you know, all of all of these um, additionalities to, to your life. You know, if you like art and you love galleries, we have that on our doorstep and it just gives you a better a better sense of um, a richer life that it's not all 
or work and commuting and work and commuting there are other things you can do and at the weekends just getting out to you know out into the Pennines or going camping um, or you know spending a weekend um, out in Ilkley or you know um, uh, I, I live near Marsden absolutely stunning across the moors and you know cafes and bistros and lots of um, dog walking it is a really lovely place to live so you've got the city vibe right next to the country yeah absolutely I mean you, know, you reference canals I'm always one for getting out by the water that's such a fantastic um, way to spend some time you know you can walk right up the the, the Leeds Liverpool canal absolutely fantastic to, to be able to do that as you say literally right from within the city you know right through um, the centre of Leeds um, in terms of the, the potential future business opportunities within West Yorkshire and bringing it back to transport, how does transport enable those opportunities and what are the specific interventions that you're sort of flying the flag for and saying these will transform our, our economy? Well, the potential is massive. Um, we haven't even reached, you know, our capacity yet about what we can achieve. Um, we have massive ambitions for our region. You know, we are already the second largest legal and financial centre and Bradford is the seventh largest and youngest city um, in, in the whole of Europe, actually, with 25% of the population under 18. So just imagine what we can deliver. But of course, this is attached to connectivity. And that's why I'm a proud member of uh, TFN and the voice of the passenger. I use public transport myself. I know the challenges. I know how broken our bus network is. And I know what more we could do and how, how much potential there is that we could capture if we had better connectivity. So you won't be surprised to, to hear me say we need that new line, Manchester to Leeds via Bradford, to unlock that, that opportunity and potential for Bradford and not be a cul-de-sac, but be a through station. Um, and it's not just about Bradford and Leeds for Bradford, it's about Bradford and Harrogate, Bradford and Liverpool, Bradford and Manchester um, Airport. It, it is about the whole of the north and that's why the integrated rail plan was so um, heavily worked on and you know we wanted to get it right because we knew what it could deliver if it was delivered in full but also HS2 that isn't about faster trains from London to Leeds it is absolutely about the connectivity from Leeds to Sheffield Wakefield and Doncaster because you can't have stopping trains on the same line as fast trains and expect the same uh, reduction in speeds. Also freight. I don't think there's been enough focus from government on freight and that's why I'm really pleased at the work that TFN have done on decarbonisation. We have to hit zero carbon by 2038. We are not going to do it if we don't get more of those trucks onto the freight tracks. And if you're not going to build new lines, you've got the same problem. And in fact, last night, a classic challenge trying to get from Leeds to Slough where I live on the North, on the uh, Trans-Pennine. Uh, I left the office at six. I got home for what is a 24 minute journey. I got home at quarter to nine and I'm stood in the station. Hundreds of people confused. We don't, you know, moving from platform to platform, uh, trains cancelled. And then the Drax um, freight train goes straight through and it takes almost 10 minutes because it's so long to get through the station. So that's taken up all the wiggle room you've got for other for other uh, passenger trains. So it's about 
understanding the wider picture, freight is particularly important. But of course, we have the opportunity to finally deliver mass transit for mm. Leeds. Um, but it's for the whole of West Yorkshire. We've got the 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 plan for the sort of ring um, that connects uh, our communities in Leeds and and uh, wider afield. But it's also about the bus network that connects to that those stations. So you should be able to, in an ideal world, get on your bike, go to the tram stop, um, fold your bike, get on the tram, get on the train, um, then you know go to your destination and cycle on to your meeting. It should be joined up like you have in Switzerland, like you have in other countries, where there is some thought behind the timetable that it isn't about build the infrastructure and then try and squeeze the timetable into that. It's about understanding what we need and that's what's been so frustrating. Um, but, you know, we won't give up and we're continuing the conversations with government. We're looking at our um, uh, bus service improvement plan. Uh, we're building stations, you know, we're not sat on our hands. Building Kirkstall Forge was a real win because it opened up um, that part of town and area of deprivation. We've now got brilliant uh, footprint of, uh, you know, five star business there with a fantastic restaurant. Lots of people using Kirkstall Forge. Uh, we've got the White Rose coming up, Thorpe Park. So, you know, we're investing millions and millions in our infrastructure and we just need to work more closely I think with government to keep making the case for what we need which is the the plan that TFN was um, created you know for to deliver for government the ideal plan um, and we'll keep making that case. That was a great example that you gave there of one of your journeys and everybody has those examples, don't they? You know, a, a train gets cancelled and everybody's stuck on the station and um, you mentioned the, the Drax train coming through as well. I love seeing the Drax train. It comes through Warrington Banky, so I've always got my my eye out for it. But you're absolutely right. If it, if that's on the same line as your, your local stopping services, you know, it, it, it doesn't all fit. It can't all flow freely because you get you get these sort of traffic jams and that joined up approach to to transport where you know there's places to lock up your bike securely at the at the station the bus doesn't arrive five minutes after the trains left you know all of these things matter into in terms of creating that that joined up system which brings me on to um looking at the the one north approach which of course is the is the real value of tfn that we bring an entire region together political and business leaders to think about how we can make transport work, not just within a county, but actually across the whole of the north of England and then beyond as well into, into the Midlands, into Wales, up onto Scotland. How, what's, what's your view on the on the sort of One North approach that the, that, that TFN offers? How, how's that supporting economic and business opportunities by, by helping a joined up system? Well, I think I think the power of TFN is absolutely that is it is the voice of the north, and it's cross party. Um, it, it's um, uh, it, it speaks with the same. Everybody has different challenges, but the same um, desire for a more connected north. It has business on there, so you know the LEPs across the regions. Um, it has those people, uh, those communities that don't have a mayor. Um, the North is brought together under the umbrella of TFN and we were tasked by government to to look at, you know, how we could uh, connect the North to to boost productivity, 
to bring um, our communities closer together. And that has been delivered in a very um, rigorous way with attention to the data. And that's what's frustrating, that the data that we've been asked to deliver by government is being disregarded. And very frustrating that one sort of focus has been on the levelling up agenda from us as Transport for the North, you know, bringing the opportunity for those inequalities across our region to level out, let alone north and south. Um, and that has been disregarded when government have been making the decisions because looking at the, the technical annex, it seems that government have made the choices about cost without factoring in the opportunities and potential that uh, the decisions they're making could have. So the potential for Bradford, 30 billion pounds worth of inve investment and growth that would come about from a new station that's a through station, could disregard the tens of thousands of jobs uh, that would be created and the skills base that would be created. In Leeds, every year that goes by, we don't get HS2, is 1.7 billion lost investment. So it seems to me that it's so short term and and um, uh, it is perplexing that government have made a cost basis, um, their, their absolute bottom line decision, rather than what this can do for communities in the future, because the decisions they're making today are the ones we're going to have to live with for decades to come. So we're the decisions we have to get right now for our kids and their kids in the same way the Victorians did. So we can't afford to get it wrong. And I think that's why people are so passionate around this subject, because that that northern voice trying to say to government, this is what we need, has been disregarded. And if devolution is anything, we know our communities and we just want a fair hearing. So I suppose that's what is frustrating. We know that how, how to improve that interconnectivity of business supply chains and opportunity and skills, but it's not just it's not being backed up by government investment. That brings me on perfectly to some of the social challenges and the importance of transport with regards to supporting people socially and you know sort of dealing with um, deprivation. You reference you know the, the Kirkstall Forge area um, in Leeds. You're absolutely right. It's not just about a return on investment in terms of money. It's about what we're doing now, what we're putting into motion over the next few years that actually will support people and communities for years to come so that people can explore new job opportunities. They can go further afield to a, a university course that they really want to do. I wonder if you want to touch a bit further on those sort of social challenges and the importance of transport um, in relation to, to supporting people. Well, absolutely. And so it's not all a bed of roses. You know, obviously there's loads to be proud of in West Yorkshire, but over half a million people in West Yorkshire live in areas defined as the 10 most deprived in the country. Um, we have 170,000 people who are in work but being paid below the living wage and a third of children living in poverty. So my job is to work um, and, and set in train projects and investment that will help us have our own levelling up when it comes to health inequalities and, um, and uh, housing and so on, which is why um, I have my um, Fair Work Charter, bringing businesses with us on this journey to pay proper money 
to pay um, um, uh, people fairly for the work that they do, but also uh, to give them opportunities for training and for um, uh, personal development and uh, promotion within their organisations. And that's proving to be uh, really um, uh, an exciting bit of work that businesses are, are, are proud to be part of. I've been working with the other mayors to get that that connectivity across the whole region because what we don't want is a different fair work charter so potentially people come to West Yorkshire because we're cheaper than going to Manchester or Liverpool so I've been working with Andy and Steve on leveling out that fair work charter offer um, also a skills opportunity we know that you will get a better paid job if you've got more skills 52 percent of the adult population across the UK, actually, not just West Yorkshire, don't have basic digital skills. So we're investing in skills. You can't level up if you don't have a decent home. I grew up in social housing. I know the value of a, a, a warm home and a roof over your head. So I've committed to 5,000 affordable and sustainable homes as part of my manifesto pledge, a thousand jobs uh, skilled jobs for young people to try and make, you know, get our interventions. But when only 71% of the population have a car, transport is going to be fundamental to that, which is why uh, I committed to improving the bus network. And we've invested a million pounds looking at what public control could look like for us in the future and in the interim going into an enhanced partnership with our uh, bus operators to get a better bus service now a tap-in system that uh, with a capped fare because if you're doing two jobs Gemma and you or you've got caring responsibilities or you know you want to take your kids swimming in the evening you are paying more using the buses because there's no cap so of course it's going to stop people traveling on buses so it's going to reduce the opportunity for um connectivity or you know taking taking um the the opportunities that are around you because you can't afford the travel and i've been running um a tell tracy uh transport uh tell tracy rail tell tracy train campaign that has really highlighted the challenge for people across West Yorkshire telling me I wanted to go to a university um, in Manchester, but I, cho I I just couldn't rely on the trains and I couldn't afford it. Um, so I've gone to Huddersfield instead. Or I, you know, I, I wanted this job, but I, I just couldn't make the timings work. I'd have to get up at half five in the morning and I wouldn't be home till 9 p.m. Or um, a, a really big business in Sheffield saying to me they have people who are earning 500 600 a day but when they're offering them work across the pennines in manchester they don't want it because they just don't want to sit on a train parked outside leeds trying to get home or or parked you know in a piccadilly victoria waiting 15 minutes before it pulls out again and it's the cost as well i went over to liverpool the other day a day return is 38 pounds I mean, it shouldn't be 38 quid to get to our near neighbour on a train that you can't rely on. So the Tell Tracy uh, campaign has been really picked up by the public and I'm giving evidence to the Transport Select Committee and I'm really hoping I get an opportunity to talk through some of these stories because I don't think those decision makers in central government understand the challenges we have because they don't live it. Um, if you are stood at a bus stop, and your boss to Cottingley disappears, there isn't another one for an hour 
and you're stood at that bus stop in the rain, you know, not picking up your kids from school, not being with your family, resenting the life that you have because you've no control of your life. You can't afford an Uber. So I think, you know, it, it, it is more than connectivity. It's about the well-being of our citizens um, and adding to, to life choices to have a better uh, connected affordable network so people can have those chances so you're absolutely right Gemma this isn't just about business it's about people and um, individuals and what sort of life chances have they got and I'm going to make I've made it my mission to improve people's health and wealth and access to opportunity and and transport is an, a massive part of that jigsaw and I think the great thing about all of that Tracy is it it, it's not just about one piece of the puzzle. You've got to work on all of those element, elements. So, you know, you reference wages, job opportunities, accessing university, the housing and the, the support that's on offer as well. All of that has to fit in digital connectivity. You know, so many people are still working from home or doing a hybrid arrangement. You know, if you've not got good broadband, that's not an option to you. Does that hold you back? All of these things really do need to come together. I'm, I'm delighted to hear about the uh, the Tell Tracy campaign, and I'm I'm so uh, looking forward to seeing your evidence to the Transport Select Committee because I think that's a really good point that it's these real life examples and stories. This is what Northerners are living on the ground, and it happens. That's not you, um, you know, trying to make a make a point. It happens to people in Cottingley. It happens to myself here in Warrington that we're stuck, we're held back, we can't go and do something because the train times don't work. And of course, the other part of all of that is, for those who, who can afford a car, what that then means is if you can't rely on the trains or the buses, you jump in the car and that's not helping the decarbonisation agenda. That's absolutely right. We have to get people out of their cars and onto public transport, but we we also have to have a public transport offer that's fit for purpose. Mm -hmm. And when I became Mayor Gemma, I also focused on the safety of women and girls. And we have to uh, um, make sure that, that that transport offer is efficient so that, that we don't have vulnerable people or women late at night left at stations because the last train has been cancelled. And there was a number of submissions to tell Tracy that were absolutely about that, that I will never go into Leeds again uh, and rely on the last train because when that's cancelled, although uh, the train companies say we'll always get you home, yesterday, for example, the, the uh, minibus that, that they were offering was 45 minutes uh, and on its way. So people couldn't wait another another 45 minutes on top of the two hours they'd already waited. So they were trying to make their own arrangements, walking or or getting a bus or whatever. But actually, this isn't it, it, it's not sustainable if we want a nighttime economy that's safe, um, that is inclusive. We have to get transport right as well and we have to invest in it properly. Give us yeah, a quick plug for uh, for Tell Tracy. How can people get in touch to tell you their transport stories? Please do get involved in Tell Tracy. It's hashtag Tell Tracy on Twitter and social media. There's a link there how you can submit your your evidence or you could just tweet me. Tell me your story and I'll hopefully be able to um, uh, put some of them to, uh, forwards to the Transport Select Committee, only a couple of whom live in the north. So it'd be really important to get those northern voices. Fantastic. Um, 
to 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 wrap us up then and bring it back to um the national picture um uh, the, the well the regional and the national uh we've had a, a busy old year really with national policy developments in terms of bus back better leveling up and um, the integrated rail plan of course decarbonization and so on in terms of the the sort of pan regional and then the national approach how how do these things fit into the picture and what and where's where's transport for the north's role with with all of these well we're still waiting on on some of those shared prosperity fund and some of those outcomes but i think obviously this needs political leadership doesn't it and uh, the mayors, whilst it's a national problem, we can also be part of the solution on the ground. So it's about trusting um, the democratically elected um, mayors and uh, leaders to understand what the problem is. Um, but certainly working with GB Rail, I'm trying to get a you know, strategic partnership with GB Rail going forward. And that further devolution that was um, suggested in the levelling up white paper, what does that look like? Um, already, as I mentioned, you know, we are building railway stations. We are um, improving accessibility in some railway stations. Is there more we can do to have our local, our local solution to that national problem but we are best placed to make those interventions because we know our communities in the same way that transport for the north does but i would suggest that you have that in um already in place with tfn so it's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because we are in a, a a really prime position to have a strategic role in helping um those national policy decisions uh coming out of central government so that high-speed rail institute you know will be uh continuing up to make the case that we need that here in west yorkshire if you're going to say that hs2 um is now going to interface with um uh npr uh or you know uh transpennine you're going to have to have the smarts around that how do those two go together that's why we need that um high speed rail institute so the the policy we know what the policy should be we know where um the the uh interventions could be that will deliver but i think it is for government to understand that we are the part of the solution you want to level up, you want to decarbonize, you want to hit your climate um, targets. We will help you. We are here to help you and we are part of the solution. So don't don't disregard us and, um, you know, we can work with you. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned one last thing, uh, Great British Railways. Of course, the competition is open uh, for the home of Great British Railways. I think we can all agree it has to be in the north. Where in West Yorkshire would you want it? Well, absolutely. I mean, we'd always be making the bid, wouldn't we, for um, it would make sense that it was in Leeds. However, when um, I was at the Convention of the North, I was chairing the, the panel, the transport panel that Martin was also on. And I asked who in this room believes this competition is genuine or has the government already made up his mind? And no one apart from and quite rightly, he had to do it, the civil servant from uh, the Department of Transport who raised his hand that he believes is genuine. I, I'm not sure. I think they've probably got a good idea of where they want it to be. But yet again, this is where we have to make the case that beauty contests do not help anyone. It the resources and the energy that goes into these short term 
um, one-off beauty contests that are often um, one year rather than three years funding, uh, uh, they're not helpful. Um, and they they actually diminish the offer from the North because we're doing a lot of work and it takes a lot of capacity to bid and you might not win. Um, and also just to come back to your what interventions we could have from a central um, government perspective that could help us with transport. I do think more devolution around skills because we need those skilled that skilled workforce to deliver on transport. If we had more powers, we know where those skills cold spots are and we can deliver at speed rather than waiting and having to go back to government for approvals and sign offs, which by the time we then come back to the business and say, right, we've got the skills pipeline in place, they've moved on to a different challenge. So I think um, working with mayors and giving us more um, authority and agency over skills will be helpful. But certainly that get rid of the beauty contests Give us a pot of money, trust us to um, to deliver. We've evidence that we've delivered over the last decade. Um, you know, we can dot the I's and cross the T's for government, um, but you have to trust us to deliver rather than that controlling anti-devolution approach. Well, we'll all certainly continue to make the cases as loudly and proudly as we can for, for the North. Um, Mayor Tracy Braven, I know you do that every single opportunity that you can. We've all seen you um, at our board meetings. It's, uh, it's great to have you involved. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Absolute pleasure, Gemma. Thank you for the invitation. No worries. We'll see you again soon. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Don't forget that if you've missed any of our previous episodes, you'll find them all on our website if you head down to the podcast section. And for the very latest news, follow us over on Twitter where we are sharing all of the top stories all of the time. So join us over on there and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.